Good morning, church. Wow, what a beautiful time. Well, I'm speaking on Jehoshaphat this morning. And it's about dealing with problems. Because guess what? Jehoshaphat had a big problem, as you've already heard, a major one. Do you all have problems occasionally? Me too. Please don't say you don't. <laughs> well, you know, my one and only funny for this message, I'll give to you right now. Are you ready for it? Okay. There's a tribe of cannibals in Africa and they decided to do something. They caught a missionary and they ate him. But they had a problem. They got indigestion. So they went back to their chief. And he said to them, what's the problem? So they told him. And he said, what kind of a missionary was he? And they said, well, he was short and fat. Wearing one of those brown robes with kind of a rope belt around it and sandals. He sort of had a roundish sort of haircut and was bald at the top. So the chief said, hmm, how did you cook him? And they said, we boiled him. And he said, that was your problem. He's a friar. So they had a problem. <laughs> I think this is vaguely related. <laughs> but this is a story today of a man with a problem whose name was Jehoshaphat. And it's the story of a battle, one of the great battles in the life of Israel. You know, we face problems too. We face battles too. And financial battles, spiritual battles, parental battles, work battles, you name it, we can have the problems. And often, there's more than one at a time. And you know, I believe God put this story into the Word to help us look at how we deal with them and what we do. Jehoshaphat got word from a friend that there were three enemy nations going to come against him to fight him. Three. Three. Three problems. Not just one, three. That would have been pretty difficult. So, what did he do? First of all, what do we need to do? Number one, you know how I love numbering things. You're welcome, Carol. Who is the enemy? We have to know who our enemy is to be able to know what to do. A lot of times we think the enemy is some person who's out trying to get our job or the family is the problem or someone else is the problem or Satan is the problem. But you know what? 
The problem can be our own attitude. It's not so much the situation that gets us down, but it's our response to the situation. Have you ever heard the saying, we have found the enemy and he is us? It's a good saying. It's got a lot of truth in that. So before we can come into a battle, before we can deal with anything, we need to identify the enemy and know who he is. You know, it says in verse 3, it says, he was alarmed. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord and he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. Well, that's a typical reaction, isn't it? Alarm, fear. And you know what? Of course we get alarmed by things. That's just a normal reaction. That's okay. It's not wrong unless we deal with it in the wrong way. If we use fear to motivate us, then it works. But if you get discouraged and give up and get angry with God and say, why me? Then the fear has defeated you before you can even start. So Jehoshaphat became afraid. What did he do? He looked to see the cause of it. And we need to do that too. What is the source of my problem? Did I cause it? Did a friend cause it? Satan cause it? The world cause it? What is the source? And then we have a look at verse 4. And it says, The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. You know, prayer needs to be our first weapon when we are facing battles in life. And that's number two. Prayer is our first stop, not our last stop. Now, you heard the story of the elder who came to the pastor and said, what are we going to do this? And the pastor says, gee, I think we need to pray about it. And the elder says, gee, gee pastor, has it really come to that? Hello? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> no, prayer needs to be our first stop, the first thing we do. Sometimes we try to work it out on our own. We just believe in our own strength that we can do it. You know, is anyone else occasionally guilty of that? Please put your hand up, somebody. You'll make me feel much better. Thank you. In verse 6, it says, I want to look at verse 6 and verse 12. Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand and no one can withstand you. What a prayer. Now let's go to verse 12 and have a look. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast enemy, three nations coming, that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. What a declaration! Do we declare that when we come against a problem? We do not know what to do. It's okay to say that. But our eyes are on you. Wow. 
awesome response. So number three, we admit our inadequacy. That's admitting our inadequacy. We can't find the answer in ourselves. We can't do it in ourselves. Verse 12 says, we have no power to face it. But God does have the power. So what we need to do is to turn it over to him. Paul said to us in Corinthians, we don't think we're sufficient in ourselves, but we trust in God who is sufficient more than enough for every situation in our lives. Which brings us to number four. We rely on God's resources. You know, we need to keep our eyes on the Lord. You know, sometimes when we have a problem, folks, I don't know if you find this, but sometimes we can get just so overwhelmed by it, so immersed in it, that it seems to be like a dark cloud around us and we forget to pierce through to God. Now, I don't know if you've been in that place, but I think probably at some time all of us have been. It just seems so overwhelming, too big, that we don't see past the problem. But we need to. We need to rely on God. Number four, rely on God and the resources of heaven. starts to get a bit exciting in this story now and I want you to notice what happened when Jehoshaphat got to this point, verse 15. Listen, this is somebody, a prophetic word coming from someone to, to the nation and to King Jehoshaphat. Listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. That's an encouraging word. It's God's. We don't hold up God. He holds up us. You don't have God in your hands. He has you in his hands. He supports you. You know, saying to, I'm going to help God is like getting out the tinny and trying to push the ship along. The ship does not need the tinny to push it along. God is more than enough. Verse 17. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions. So we have to position ourselves. Stand firm. We have to get our feet on the ground and stand firm. And see the deliverance the Lord will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. 
wonder how they felt when they heard that. Might be a bit of, gee, I wonder how he's going to pull this one off. I wonder how he's going to do this. We just have to go out there and stand. Three armies coming against us. Three other nations. Wow. Sometimes it feels as though we're carrying the world on our shoulders. We're carrying all this load and God says, I don't intend for you to carry this. It's, it's not your battle. It's my battle. It's so important that we're listening to God to hear what he tells us to do. Does he say the same thing every time? No. But he said this, and he put it there for a reason, that we are to depend on him, that he will be with us, that we are not to fear, that we are not to be discouraged, for the battle is not ours, it is his. You know, twice in the passage it says, do not be afraid. It says don't fear in the Bible 365 times. That's actually one for every day of the year. And God says, I will. I will overcome. So number five, he has said to us, stand firm. So what does it mean to stand firm when we have a problem, when we're facing a battle, when we've got a crisis, when there's a trial we're going through, when there's stress we're under? What does it mean to stand firm? I think it's an attitude of quiet confidence. Standing firm. Attitude. Standing firm. Quiet confidence. Deciding simply to trust God. You know, it's never God's will for us to run from a difficult situation. Because he wants to show us and grow us through whatever life brings along to us. And if we run away from us, he'll bring a similar but probably different situation to us in some months' time and we have to learn. So, hey, let's just do it the first time and get through it and learn. So we stand firm on the word of God and the promises. And to do that, we have to know the word of God. We have to be really aware of the word of God and know his promises or else we can't do it. We also need to stand on the character of God because his character never changes. We need to understand his character and his nature. We can depend on him. He will never let us down. We have to stand on the promises, not just sit on the premises. 
<laughs> so we need to recognise the enemy. We have to admit that we can't do it on our own. We have to turn over to, to, to over the Lord and say, Lord, I'm going to pray. I don't know what to do, but I'm going to keep my eyes on you. And God says, right, now you've handed over, it's my battle. You know, God doesn't take on the battle until we hand it over. We actually have to do that. If we're still striving in our own strength to do it, there's no way he'll just take it off us. It's like we have to hand it over and then do what he calls us to do. We stand firm, we hang in there, we wait in quiet confidence. And then number six, you give him the tehala praise. You give him the high praises. You thank God in advance for solving your problem. You thank him for giving you the victory that is coming. Verse 21 <coughs> and 22. <coughs> After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab. Oh, I love you, Carol. Thank you so much. And Mount Seir who were invading Judah and they were defeated. Beautiful. Wow. That's the high praises. That's Tehalah. So what does Tehalah mean? Because obviously it's very, very important in this solving of a problem. I had a look, as you do, online. And the definition I got was this. To sing a new song, a hymn of spontaneous praise glorifying God in song an interweaving of belief and joy, to sing in the spirit. And this is the only Hebrew word used when the word of God speaks of the Lord inhabiting our praises. This definition really spoke to me because it says it's a combination of singing, shouting, dancing, clapping and rejoicing before the Lord. And if you express great and extravagant admiration to the point of foolishness in the eyes of the non-praiser or the non-Christian, you are giving tehillah to the Father. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? That's the kind of praise that God inhabits, dwells or lives in from Psalm 22 verse 3. You know... We were in an Indian village called Ramiamba, preaching there on the last Sunday before we left. And we were in worship. It was Tehala. I tell you, I thought I was in heaven. 
tears were rolling down my face and I thought, God, how am I going to get up to preach in a minute? Incredible. Tehillah praise. Just beautiful. So here's a picture of what was happening. Back with Jehoshaphat. Two mountains and a valley. On one mountain there are three enemy nations. Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir. And they're champing at the bit, ready to hit Israel. They want to devastate the Jews. They're on one mountain. Then there's a valley. And over on the other mountain are the Jews with King Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat, okay, here we go. This is God's got battle plan. Choir, worship team, I want you out the front. Gee, you ready, worship team? <laughs> no, don't come out that up yet. I don't mean that. <laughs> Sing the high praises. I want you to just stop and think about that for a moment. We read it and we think, oh, yeah, this is in the Bible. It really happened. God said, what I want you to do is thank me first. Put the choir before the army. Put the worship team out there first. I want you to praise me in advance. That's faith. Faith is thanking God for solving your problems in advance. If you wait till after he's solved it to thank him, is that faith? No. Sure, of course we should be grateful and thankful. But we need to hear, give thankful, have thankful faith. What happened to them? Well, the three enemies got down on the field and they got confused and started fighting each other. It was unreal. Doesn't say they came out singing and behind them were the guns and the missiles. It just said that the choir came out first, praising the Lord with Tehala praise. Verse 25 and 26, as they began to sing and praise, no, sorry, Jehoshaphat and his men went to carry off the plunder. This is afterwards. And they found among them a great amount of equipment and clothing and articles of value, more than they could take away. There was so much plunder that it took three days to collect it. On the fourth day, so they spent three days collecting the plunder. There must have been a lot. On the fourth day, what did they do? They gathered in the valley of Berakar where they praised the Lord. That is why it is called the valley of Berakar to this day. Berakar means blessing or praise. So they thanked God again. They were grateful. They were thankful. Eye has not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered in the heart of man the wonderful, extravagant, amazing things that God has prepared for those who love him. I could finish there, but there's one other thing that happened. Verse 29. The fear of God came on all the surrounding kingdoms when they heard how the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. 
you know, they got completely confused. God just completely confused the enemy. Thank you, Lord. And there are results of letting God fight our battles. When we take them, our problems to the Lord, A, he will show us what to do. B, you'll have peace of mind. And C, you can relax because he's going to handle it. And you know what? God wants us to live supernaturally. He wants us to live in that space. He wants us to live with him 24-7 in relationship with him. He wants us to hand everything over to him. And he wants us to, to live in praise of him with tehillah praise, extravagant praise, praise thanking him, singing to him, worshipping him, singing in our prayer language, just living it. As we do that, God works in our lives. Remember what I said at the beginning? Our worst, our enemy can actually be our attitude. It's no much, so much the situation that can get us down, it's also but our response to the situation. So what I want to say to you this morning is how are you responding to situations in your life? Are you handing them over to God as Jehoshaphat did? Are you living in that prayer 24-7? Are you bringing tehillah praise before the Lord? Such a key in this incredible chapter of the word. And you when then when you do, there will be no situation that can devastate you because God is there and he is taking control and caring for you. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you today. We thank you, Lord, that you are the one who is in control when we allow you to do that, when we hand it over, that you will come in, Lord, and that you will do whatever is needed, that you will show us what to do, that you will show us what to say, that you will show us the way through, and that we just need to stand and do as you ask us to do, Lord. And, Lord, we just Thank you in faith. I want to thank you, Lord, in faith for every person here today, Lord, who is now handing a situation over to you and saying, Lord, thank you for the answer to this problem because my faith is in you, Lord, and I want you to deal with this. And, Lord, I thank you for all of those who have done that this morning, Lord. Because, Lord, we know that you are the answer. And we thank you. And just as you did with Jehoshaphat, you are the unchangeable God. And so you do today. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. And all the people said,